With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome to Beyond Baseball, episode number four. We are here, I am here as always uh, with Dr. Caleb Mezzi. Uh, how are you doing today, Caleb? I'm good. I'm, I'm glad that we're uh, we're keeping this going. You know, we have our fourth batter here, the fourth episode. It's We have a fun one here. We have a funny guy and a guy who really understands himself, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I'm excited. We have a really special guest that we're going to get to here in a bit. We had Tyler Zuber of the Kansas City Royals. Um, first, we want to touch on a couple of uh, human side stories that happened uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the first is the minor league players joining the MLBPA and unionizing. Um, I think the this is something that's kind of been talked about for a while. Um, the minor league baseball players have been uh, have different organizations that have been advocating for this and trying to move forward. We saw a couple off seasons, our last off season uh, MLB pass um, housing accommodations and changed the way that the players are housed. And I think this is kind of just another effort in order to move some of the way that the minor league baseball players are treated and things like that. Um, Caleb, what thoughts do you have on it? Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting as someone who, you know, always wanted to advocate for minor league and professional baseball players. I think that it's, it's one of those things we never thought could happen. Uh, I think one of the things that is not talked about enough is how social media really made this come Mm -hmm. to be. Um, Sadly, all the minor league players through different organizations, not just one sharing, you know, what they had for dinner or lack of food that they had for dinner, where they have to stay, how many people are in the room, 
horrible conditions and you know not just living but eating and all these things to to kind of just expect to perform yeah. um, at this high level given little to no resources um, i think social media kind of made it come to light as you mentioned there are several organizations that were advocating for different things and fighting for the rights of the players but i personally didn't think this was going to happen i'm glad it did i'm glad that we're you know seeing this um, it's one of the probably the greatest things that happened since covid you know since seeing these players go through covid and really revealing what they have to go through i think more eyeballs were there and i think because of that this was able to happen yeah i think the so i did an article earlier looking at the the new housing rule that major league baseball put in place and there's a lot of studies out there that show just in general having quality access to food and housing changes like your mental state and things like that and physically both mentally and physically um we think about when you look at player development if you're trying to develop players and you're trying to get them to that elite level those things will play a huge role in their development we could see changes like that um but it, the unionization i think there's going to be a long-term effort to get a lot of the things in terms of pay like that done but um it's a good step forward to see um at, we do want to dive in and talk a little bit about the interview as well that we had with Tyler Zuber of the Kansas City Royals. Caleb, what were some of your thoughts on that interview? Yeah, I mean, you guys will hear kind of what I pegged him as based on his identity and his interests. I don't want to give that away, but I think in, in, in many ways, he really understands who he is. Yeah. He understands who he is on the mound, and a lot of that comes through his trials and tribulations, which we always talk about with guys. It's not like a shocking breakthrough, um, but just going from, I think what he talked about was high school, college playing in the cave and then you know his training whether it was in the gym using weighted balls uh, all the way to getting drafted as a six-round pick so i think just understanding who he is there and then translating it to off the field he just has a very firm understanding of what his as he calls it grounded roots are and i think yeah. that's it's really interesting it's something that sometimes we need we need that simplification we need to really just break down who we are and not overcomplicate things because of all these thoughts that are going through our head um, he does a really good job of explaining what's like the pitch. And I, I really liked hearing that because it can be a lonely place. And I yeah. think that if you know that, you know how to combat that as well. Yeah. I think the one thing I really love that he touched on too is how like a lot of his experiences have led to him building his foundation. And now he has that foundation he can kind of always go back to. Cause I think when life gets crazy and you kind of get thrown all over the place, if you don't have that solid foundation that you can go back to and kind of rely on, it makes it a little bit more difficult to get through day to day. Um, so that was the one thing I really loved that he talked about. Um, the other thing was the baseball card collecting as one, I used to do that when I was a kid. And so to hear him kind of just dive into those stories that he has and getting to beat all these players in the major leagues um, and getting their autographs and kind of going off of that. I mean, that was just awesome to hear. And so, um, but we don't want to wait uh, too much longer here. We're going to get you right into that interview. So here it is, uh, the interview with Tyler Zuber. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're here in Beyond Baseball again. We have another amazing guest uh, joining us today. We have Tyler Zuber from the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Tyler, welcome to the Beyond Baseball podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, just living the dream here in Arizona. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a hot place. At least it's getting a little cooler down there. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. So uh, on Beyond Baseball, we kind of focus on the human side and the human element of the game and just kind of dive into the players behind the numbers. Uh, kind of share your story through college baseball, getting to the professional level, kind of how you got to where you are today. Um, so I went to Whitehall High School. Uh, wasn't really sure 
um, kind of baseball was really going to be my thing. I'd always wanted to play baseball. Uh, my sophomore year of high school, I sucked. Like, I couldn't throw strikes. I mean, I was facing – so, like, if y'all are familiar with, like, the tier system, so, like, 7A being the biggest in Arkansas and 1A being, like, they might have 100 people from kindergarten to 12th grade. It's like they're pulling up sixth graders to play on the high school team. Like, that's how small they are. So, we're I'm facing, like – low-level teams in sophomore, like 1A, 2A schools, and I'm struggling against them. And I'm like, man, I don't know if baseball is really my thing. And my the guy that moved in behind me was like a professional – or college – he pitched in college and then was like a um, manager at a gym. So he, got a, he hooked me up with some gym memberships so I could go and work out, hook me up with some workouts. And so I started doing that, started long tossing. All of a sudden, my junior year dominated and pretty much, like, got to pitch every big game of the week. Um, got to do a couple of, like, big-time showcases in Arkansas and then got some college attention and committed to Arkansas State. Uh, went to Arkansas State for four years. My first two years had really good years. Um, kind of projected pretty high in the draft my junior year. Uh, was more my, the best way I'd describe was more worried about who was in the stands than who was in the dugout at that point, and that kind of got me in a bind. And I sucked my junior year. Went and played summer ball in the Cape. Threw uh, threw okay up there, but I kind of refound myself. Uh, senior year, uh, did some weighted balls, reinvented who I was as a pitcher. And then kind of climbed up some draft boards and ended up getting drafted in the sixth round. And then pro baseball was just kind of a – to me, I took it as being a senior sign, not a lot of money invested in me, um, not a lot of resources and whatnot invested in me. Uh, so it's kind of like, yeah, we we like you and all, but like this guy that we paid $4 million to is like our main priority kind of deal. In which I understood that I was like, you know what? Hey, like I'm here because I want to make a name for myself and I want to make it to the big leagues to say, you know, just because you get drafted as a senior doesn't mean, you know, you can't make it. So then I eventually, you know, pitched well and went to the Dominican. It's kind of like my one last big test is like, hey, is this guy for real or is he not? Threw really well in the Dominican. Spring training happened. Um, and then 2020, obviously COVID, you know, I felt like I was on a, a rocket ship heading to the big leagues. You know, I had a lot of momentum going, throwing well, um, healthy. And then COVID happened. I was like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to get to go to spring training 2.0 at this point. I don't even, heck, I don't even know if we're going to have a season. Uh, and then eventually, you know, made it to the big leagues. And then, you know, now we're, now we're here rehabbing in Arizona. That's awesome. And it sounds like on your journey kind of to the big leagues, there's a lot of moments of adversity. What were some of the kind of the, the tools and tips and tricks that you had that kind of helped you get through some of those moments of adversity? You talked about um, going from high school and just not being someone then all of a sudden kind of being this name and then having to transition to college where it was a little bit more competitive. Were there some things that you did to kind of help you uh, get through those moments of adversity? Um, my, I guess going into college – I I tried to take the whole concept of like God put you on this earth and he gave you two ears and one mouth. So if that kind of like common sense wise, you listen more than you speak. And being a freshman, um, you know, it's kind of like the 
you walk into the room, you don't know anything. You sit down in your corner and you shut up. You listen. You let the sophomores, juniors, and seniors do all the talking. Um, so I've really kind of tried to be as humble as possible, kind of down to earth, you know, just try to, hey, where do I need to go kind of deal. And then as soon as I started doing well, my you know, my sophomore year, I, you know, kind of tried to evolve into a leader almost kind of. And then um, my junior year, uh, when I sucked really bad, I had, my coach, he sat me down and had a meeting with me and basically was like, hey, like, it doesn't matter what happens next. You know, it's all about what happens in that clubhouse first. Hmm. And I was like, you know what, like, you're right. And he's like, you know, there's a lot of guys in there that thought you were more worried about yourself than you were about the team. And I was like, man, like, this is kind of kind of a reality gut check here for a minute. I was like, you know what, you're right. Like, I, I don't have anything that I can't argue with him and say, no, well, then, like, no, you're right, dude. Like I was, I was more worried about myself than I was the, the, the team. And so then that, I kind of took that into summer ball and was like, you know what, I'm going to focus more on the team uh, and who's there, you know, get to know the guys, hang out with them, you know, go out, be friends, you know, do stuff with them. Uh, kind of like plug myself into the team to kind of get that camaraderie back. And then whenever I go back to college, you know, just keep the train rolling. And, you know, it worked. And then I went back to college and literally everything started falling into place. Um, and then obviously I knew I had to make a, a change for myself because I was, you know, I call myself a stock righty. I was 90-92. You know, there's a million other guys in the country that are 90-92. But what's going to set me apart from that one guy that'll make that one team want me? And so that's why I did the weighted ball stuff. Um, and then, you know, pro ball, obviously it teaches you to be humble. Like this game will humble you quickly if you're not humbled. Uh, so, you know, pro ball has had its moments where it's humbled me. Um, and then obviously surgery wise, having that has definitely kind of been like a big humbling experience. Um, you know, cause to me, I don't know if, you know, I'm going to come back and be able to play, you know, that's the, that's the big question right now is, you know, I was this, like I could throw this, you know, my velocity was there. Uh, I made it to the big leagues. I did all this. Okay. But now that I've had the surgery, what happens? Like something else might happen, you know, elbow might blow out, you know, something worse in my shoulder could happen. I don't know. Or it could be the flip side. Uh, you know, I come back and better than ever. I could come back just as good if not better than what I was so that's that's to me is like the big question but it's kind of like a in my head it's just a trust thing you know it happened for a reason I don't know why it happened um you know there's a obviously there's a bigger story to things and I'll find out you know hopefully I start throwing in two weeks so hopefully I find out then um but you know in a year whenever I'm back in games that's whenever the true test will happen if I'm where I was or better. So Tyler, you talk a lot about your evolution as a pitcher. You know, you talked about like when you were not good, having the opportunity to work out at a gym, kind of improve yourself as a person, but then also as a pitcher and then talking about weighted balls and that kind of, mm -hmm. you know, from Arkansas state to the Cape, to the weighted balls, to the pros. I'm curious about you as a person, right? You, your identity, how has that evolved? And you could go as far back as you want with Whitehall or, you know, it could be from the weighted balls. It could be from the gym. It could be from now. How would you describe your identity off the field? 
Um, off the field wise in high school, it was more of a homebody kind of, I'm just going to do my work, um, because I had a goal in mind. I was real goal driven. So my goal was to make it to my goal at first was to play professional baseball. Um, and I was like, you know, I got to make it to college first. Cause I knew I wasn't going to be a high school draft kid. And then, um, so it's kind of like a homebody, uh, never really left, didn't really have the urge to like want to, um, and then I got to college and I got to experience freedom. You know, obviously every college kid does the college parties and all that stuff. So it's like, man, like, and this kind of like, this is fun. Like I get to go out and I, if I don't want to do homework tonight, I can. <laughs> so it's like, then, then, it, like, then it got to me like, you know what? Like, and I make this joke all the time that you signed to play, play baseball, not school. Um, but to be honest, like, you know, having being playing college baseball was the best thing for me. Uh, because it taught me as a person priorities and, you know, I got to wake up and go to weights. I got to, after weights, I got to make sure I fuel up and eat breakfast because I got practice and I got to go to class. After practice, I got study hall. I got to make sure I get my homework done and then I got to go to bed because I got conditioning the next morning or whatever. So like it, like, whereas some guys are like, you know, I had some buddies that were in fraternities and they're like, man, like, come on, dude, like we got a big party. I'm like, man, like, I, I literally, I can't like as much as I want to, like, I literally can't, like if I go out and stay out till 3am and then wake up at five to, for conditioning, it's like, now that just sets me back for three or four days. And now I can't recover from it. Um, and then professional baseball to me, or I guess my junior year really taught me like humility, um, definitely like humbleness. Like it, I mean, I'm talking about like, took me from the top of the world to the bottom of the barrel. Um, and then professional baseball just constantly reminds you to be humble um, in mysterious and sometimes obvious ways. Um, no matter how good you might think that you are, uh, you're not as good as what you are because this game is nothing but failures. And if you go into this game thinking that you're going to be elite um, it's a great mindset and all, but you're not going to be like, you know, Mike Trout, Miguel Cabrera, um, those guys that hit 300 year in and year out, they fail seven out of 10 times too. So, um, but for me, that's, to be honest, that's kind of like the big thing is learning to just be to humble, being more humble, uh, as a person. Uh, you know, there's obviously there's moments when you're sitting in the clubhouse shooting the crap and, you know, you let your cockiness kind of flow out a little bit. But still, like at the end of the day, you want to be viewed as humble. Um, you know, you have to have a sense of arrogantness about you, but it's more of like confident than it is arrogance because there's yeah. like a huge difference in that to me. You have to toe that line. So here's some of the stuff I'm hearing. One, it's very interesting to hear about your college life just because I, I don't know if you knew this. I'm a college professor. So hearing that stuff <laughs> makes me laugh because I know those students. And I know the other students too. Right. Um, but, but I do appreciate it because I'm not that far removed. But when you talk about the coach incident with you and your coach talking about you worried about yourself, mm -hmm. it reminds me of what you just talked about with this like towing the line of arrogance but also this confidence and not being super cocky but also having – um, an understanding of who you are. Mm -hmm. um, he was saying you're worried about yourself, but at the same time, when you're a pitcher, you are kind of alone. You're sitting on the mound, standing on the mound with a ball in your hand. And at that very moment when you still have the ball, you're worried about yourself. 
And then once mm -hmm. you let go of the ball, that's kind of when you can worry about the team and all that stuff. But I think a lot of that stems from you being a homebody. Because yeah. as, as you define yourself, I'm not calling you names here, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think because you're alone with yourself a lot. So when you're alone with yourself, you tend to worry about yourself. Right. And like I've had a lot of teammates and a lot of uh, like older veteran guys say, you know, when things aren't going well, the loneliest place is the mound because mm. there's no one out there to help you. You know, you play shortstop, uh, you can kind of you can lean over and talk to the third baseman. You can you can put your glove up to your mouth and say something to the second baseman. So like you're not alone or you go into the dugout and now you're there like with your with your boys. Um, but, you know, whenever you're a pitcher and things aren't going well, and, you know, you've given up two or three runs. It's like there ain't a soul out here to help me. I mean, it is me against the world at this point. And that's where um, you can get, you know, spiraling downwards uh, mentally on that. Uh, so that's kind of like where you have to stay grounded and really truly focus on like next pitch kind of stuff. But um, yeah, whenever that, whenever my, my coach in college told me that that was kind of like a, a huge, huge gut check for me. Cause I needed it at the time. Cause you know, I was, as a cocky kid at that time, um, I just just coming off a great freshman and sophomore year. I was like, oh, I'm going to get drafted. Like, I'm going to be the highest draft kid in ASU history. Like, huh, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to be way better than anybody here. Like, ain't nobody here going to be – like. and when I look at it and I look back at my stats from the fall, and I'm like, I had an awful fall. Like, why in the world was I ever even thinking I was that? Like – if I was a senior that year, I would have put me in a trash can. Like I would, <laughs> I would have buried me. I'd have been like, are you kidding me? You're walking around here thinking you're the hot stuff and you've got a five ERA and you're supposed to be the dude. Like, what are you doing? And so now whenever I look at it, I'm like, you know what? That experience there helped me as a pitcher. And it also helped me as like a, as a person, because I'm like, you know what? no matter how good you might think that you are or how confident or like on top of the world, you might think you are, there's always someone better. There's always something that will humble you down to the dirt and make you realize you are not as good and you are not as big as what you might think that you are. Yeah. Perspective. I mean, I think it's, I think it's huge from what you're talking about. So we, we talked about your identity. The other thing I want to throw in here is interest. I mean, you and I share an interest. We kind of talked about this in the, uh, beginning of the small chatter before, but how have your interests changed? Because I think a lot of your identity um, was wrapped into baseball, even though you didn't describe it, but you also kind of knew who you were. But what were you doing outside of baseball? What were you interested in outside of baseball? Uh, I got started on hunting and fishing when I was mm. really young. So my dad would take me hunting and fishing all the time. Um, and then, so my, when I was in elementary school, my reward for getting straight A's in school was they had a thing called sweet spot classic. And it was, you get, it was a made by upper deck. You get like a box of whatever, 30 cards. But one of the cards is a sweet spot on a baseball signed by a pitcher or not a pitcher, but a baseball player. And so they had cards of like patches of players and whatnot. And my, my cousin owned a video game store, which I'm, huge into video games too but he owned a video game store but on side of it was also cards pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, um all the all like literally all the like animated type games and then football cards baseball cards basketball 
And so my dad, every time that I got straight A's, I would go down and I would get a box of Sweet Spot Classic cards. And so I remember it started when I was like in probably fourth or fifth grade, maybe. And so then I started collecting them and then I got away from it. Uh, the older I got, because I wanted to focus more on baseball and I was like, I'm kind of over the card stuff. So I started just playing video games, hunting, fishing, and then um, worried about baseball. And then COVID happened um, and I was like talking with Daniel Tillo a lot before and he's got a YouTube channel of baseball yeah. <laughs> or cards and he's got so many cards he don't know what to do with. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go home and I'm going to open up my, my boxes that I got and I'm going to just see what kind of gems I have in there because now that I've learned, you know, that there's a lot of money in it. I was like, man, well, maybe there's some that I'm like, you know what? I don't really cherish this one as much. Maybe I can sell it or whatnot. But then, then I started looking, I was like, man, like there's so much stuff. And I was like, you know what, how cool would it be now that I've made it to the big leagues? Why not? If I start trying to collect guys and I try to like get something signed by each player, or like get something signed by a specific player on each team that we go to. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing that in 2020. And so then I started that. And so I've got a bat and a ball signed by Miguel Cabrera. I've got a bat by Nelson Cruz. I've got two balls by Yachty. I've got all famers. I've got, <laughs> I've got jerseys by Alex Gordon, Duffy, Salvi. Greg Holland and Ian Kennedy. And then I've got, um, I just recently bought a Tory Hunter Jersey cause he's from the same hometown as me. Hmm. I got it signed by him. Um, I've got a Nolan Ryan baseball. Um, what else do I have? That's it for now, I think. But whenever I get back to the big leagues, my goal is just to you know, keep it going. Um, Cause I want to have a memorabilia room in my house where I've got jerseys hanging up next to mine and all that stuff. Uh, so now like I, I don't buy cards now, so to say um, more or less. Now I just try to, I try to find a, a player on each team that we go to. And it's, and if we go like, you know, Chicago, for instance, we go there four times in two months. I'll pick a different guy each time. Like that's my new goal now is like, all right, I'm going to pick a new guy each trip, you know, send them a message or holler at one of the clubbies and say, Hey, can you run this over and see if they can. And I, and so like for me, like I can go, <coughs> I can go out and buy a, say a uh, Salvador Perez signed Jersey. But what makes it better for me, like cooler for me is, for him to write to Tyler. Yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't like a huge message on it, but just for him to say to Tyler and then here's, you know, St. Salvador Perez 13. I'm like, you know what? That, that to me makes it so much cooler. Cause now whenever my kids or grandkids or somebody ask and they're like, Hey man, like it's a Salvador Perez. Yeah. Like he personalized it to me. Like it says to Tyler Salvador Perez. So like it, it just kind of means a little bit more to me having it that way. You know, it's interesting. Like, so this is what I do with my students and I've done it with baseball players before. I love finding like the categorical themes in terms of what you do on the field, the way you are as a person, and then blending your identity with your interests. And like for you, you're a hunter, man. Like you love mm -hmm. hunting, you love fishing. It's the same thing as hunting. You're a pitcher. Mm -hmm. So you hunt after hitter. Like that's all you do is hunt. 
and this thing with the cards and getting in-person autographs, you're hunting for the chase because you want to meet the player. I mean, you've met these players, but you want to meet them, have that camaraderie, have that rapport, get the autograph. But it's not just about like the signature because you could just ask somebody for that. It's like that whole personalization. It's like you're hunting for this stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's – you could say – I guess you could honestly say, no, I haven't ever thought about it like that. But, yeah, like hunting is my identity. Um, And it started – Eight years old, I think. Nine years old. I know. It's brilliant in a way. So you have to tell us about Mike Honcho. <laughs> so that, so all my buddies growing up, it would like, we all, you know, made our call of, or PlayStation accounts, Xbox accounts, and uh, we'd all hop on and play Call of Duty together. And so I would make all these like baseball like my, one of them was like baseball shocks because i like sh- nike shocks and i like baseball so i was like oh that's not creative like when i'm 21 years old and i might be still playing video games like what's your base what's your you know what's your gamer tag oh baseball shocks I'm like it's <laughs> so like then everyone started coming up with like these creative names and whatnot and i started like seeing like all these creative names i'm like man like i want something that like when i say it it's like man that is a good name like that's creative and so my favorite actor is Will Ferrell, and I love all of Will Ferrell's movies. So I was watching, and uh, I started on Step Brothers. I was like, man, like Nighthawk, like uh, Dragon, no. And then, uh, then I got, then I watched uh, Talladega Nights, and I was like, my conscience. I was like, there it is. There's, <laughs> there's my name. Is that was in high school? So I got a PlayStation Four before I went to high school or before I went to college and I made it as my like gamer tag name. And so it, that stuck with me. And then, uh, then I got the pro ball. So still my concho. And then, you know, then all of a sudden I started playing with more guys in the organization. And now some of those guys don't even call me by my name. They call me as Hodge. <laughs> What's up, Hodge? Like that's all they call me as Hodge so, the hunter. And so all my, all my friends that I play with online now that's, that's the only name they call me as is Mike Honcho. Like, what's up, Honch? Like, no one ever calls me as Tyler, Zuber, nothing like that. It's always Honch or Honcho. I'm like, this name is stuck now. And I'm, you know, I'm rolling with it now. Could you change your name in MLB the show to Mike Honcho too? <laughs> how... <laughs> that would be that would be my players weekend name if if uh, <laughs> yeah. if I could. Um, the one question I have too that I think of is thinking about all these passions outside of the game. Um, you talked about having the jerseys um, hanging up on the wall with yours. What was that moment like when you got to experience like getting your own baseball card for the first time, um, seeing like your bit, your name and your face and your picture on a card? And then I know you had some with your signature on there as well. Um, how how cool was that experience? It was pretty cool. Uh, you know, growing up you know obviously you're collecting cards or whatnot and then now all of a sudden whenever i got a text from my agent that said hey you know tops is making a card of you and i'm like yeah okay whatever and then all of a sudden <laughs> like i gotta sign them and i'm like that is me like there's gonna be some kid wherever he is that opens up this box of cards and he sees me and he's like and maybe even like a, a message that says hey man i just got your card or whatever and i'm like it's this is like a real deal. Like this has just happened. Yeah. And then it got in, then it got going in my head. I'm like, man, what if, you know, like what if that guy 
that kid wants to send it to me. He's like, man, I want you to have it. I'm like, then what do I say? Like, do I like, do I say, yeah, send it to me, please. I'm like, you know what? I remember when I was a kid, how happy I was to get a card. I'm like, you know what? Keep that card. Cause I can only imagine that whatever it might've been, it might've just been just buying a pack of cards. Cause he earned $5 for doing his chores or it could have been um, like a reward or something like, Hey, you know, here's for your straight A's, you get this box of cards. And so now, um, his, his, the happiness that he got, cause he may have got like a signed card by me. It's like, you know what? That's pretty cool. So I'm like, you know what? I want you to keep it kid. Like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I don't, it doesn't, it's not going to bring me as much joy as it did you because yeah. I've been in your shoes and I've been the kid opening up that box of cards. There's so many layers here. Like I, I have a neighbor who found out I was in the cards and now we like exchange cards, but like he'll go to a Phillies game and someone will throw him a ball or some guy will look at him and just be like, like, I see you, kid. And then he's like, Dad, who's that? And then they go home, they look on eBay, and they buy the car. So there's, like, that other side of it that you don't even think about. It's like, maybe he didn't know who you were, but now he does because you paid four seconds of attention to him. Mm-hmm. And now he wants to buy your card to have that memory forever. So it's like, usually, they get the card, now they go seek yeah. out the player. But there's the other reverse there. Right, yeah. No, and I like, me being, like, a like a senior sign. So I never had a card whenever I first got drafted, but you know, all those first rounders and big time prospects, they all had them. And so, you know, we'd walk by the, like the card card row and there'd be, you know, people there wanting people to sign autographs, whatnot. And I'm over there just like, please, dear God, just say sign. Like, will you please <laughs> sign? Like I'm begging. Like, I'm like, hey, you, you want me? Okay, all right, whatever. Like I'm like, come on, man. Like someone just ask. And so like I always told myself I was never gonna shy anyone away because I remember when I first got drafted, no one wanted my autograph. And I was like, you know what? Like now people do. And I'm like, you know what? I I longed for that effort for someone just to say, Hey, will you sign this ball for me? I'm like, you know what? Yes, I will do that gladly. So that that to me is kind of like uh I don't think I'll ever shy anyone away for signing. Now, obviously, if there's a million kids and I have to go to the bullpen or something, it's like, okay, let's maybe after the game. Uh, But right now, I kind of got to go do my job or otherwise I might get fired. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. This is just my tip to you that I think something's happening in the industry of like card collecting, autographs, all that kind of stuff, memorabilia, which is I think there's going to be intense value years, probably decades down the road. Uh, things with multiple Hall of Famers on it. So, like, I have this card. I don't know if you can see it, but if I go this way, I guess, there's a Trout card with Betts and Judge on it. Those are three potential Hall of Famers. Now, it's not a PSA 10. It's a PSA 9, but it's a hard grade. So, mm-hmm. having that card. I So, I think, like, you talk about your Yachty. If you could get a jersey signed by Yachty and Wayno. Like, that's just – that adds so much more value. Like, any kind of thing where you can add multiple people. So, like, obviously, Miguel Cabrera and Mike Trout would be, like, mm-hmm. amazing. But you have that access. You you enjoy that stuff. And I think bringing, like, you know, the, the extra layer of it of, like, oh, we have two Hall of Famers or three Hall of Famers that tells a story. Um, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, that's, like, the beauty of All-Star Games, right? But mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. think, I think in, in this sense, it's, it's it, instead of isolating the one player or isolating the one autograph, you're kind of bringing this, why do I want these two people together? So, like, Salvador Perez and Johnny Bench would be, like, an insane combo because he broke his record for catchers right. for home yeah. runs. I think if, if and when I ever make my first All-Star game, I think 
I don't and I don't know what how the gear there works, jersey works, but I think I would take I think I would take one jersey. If I got two, I would take one of them and I would try to get everybody to sign it. Like get everyone from the AL to sign one side, everyone from That'd the so cool. to the other. And so now like I can say in 20 whatever my first all-star game, I got this many like I these are the autographs I got. That's awesome. Uh, just as we kind of we're hitting about the 30 minute mark and start to wrap up, I guess the one question we always kind of try to leave guests with is um, what kind of advice would you have for other players coming into baseball, trying to find their identity outside of the game um, and just trying to to find their way and navigate their way through professional baseball? What would be like the one thing that you'd give them um, as a piece of advice? Be humble, uh, be grounded and listen more than you talk. I'd say those are like kind of like kind of wraps everything up and kind of like uh, creates a solid foundation. Um, you know, obviously you listen more, but like you're not you're not believing everything, you know, take bits and pieces of it, you know, but listen before you talk and then obviously stay grounded, like stay where you are. Don't try to worry about how Joe Bob's doing in, in a level above you. You know, you can only control what you can control. So that and then uh, just being humble because uh, this sport will find its way to punish you in ways that you have no idea. Oh, that's that's awesome, Tyler. And we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. Um, it's awesome to hear your story, kind of how you've grown over the years and just became the person that you are and just how you're trying to give back through the fans with autographs and all those kind of things. And we can't wish you, we can't thank you enough and we wish you the best of luck through all the rehab process and as you make your way back. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on. Tyler, thank you. We'll call you Honcho the Hunter from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway For You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.